Hey guys, welcome back to the Pursuit of Property podcast. Today, Kate and I are talking about how to sell your house for the best price in a already competitive and strong market. Yeah, I mean, we did our whole buyer series, uh, our three-part episode there, obviously yeah. dealing with all our buyers and everything about the home buying process, but exactly that. We also wanted to talk about the selling side, how to get the most amount of money out of your house, especially in this competitive market. Yeah, we didn't want to neglect those home sellers that we work with on a regular basis. And honestly, the strategy for getting the best price, in our opinion, is not one that most sellers are super familiar with. And so when we sit down on listing appointments and we say, hey, we sell houses for the best price and this is how we do it, we get a lot of pushback. So we thought we'd take some time today, take 45 minutes to really describe the whole process and let sellers be able to listen to this podcast and make the decision for themselves. Yeah. Well, and before we jump into that, let's kind of cover where we've been at in the market recently. Yeah. Um, and not just recently, kind of the last couple of years leading up to where we are now, end of Q1 in 2022. It's no secret that pretty much even a little bit before COVID hitting, it, it's pretty much been a seller's market. Yeah, since I started in 2018, it's essentially been a seller's market. In 2018, uh, the market was a little bit more balanced. I actually, one of my first offers I got accepted did have the seller covering some of the closing costs. That's something that's unheard of nowadays. Um, but as time has gone on, it's definitely leaned more towards the sellers. And a lot of that has to do with um, inventory, uh, just not enough homes available and not enough homes being built. Um, and it also has to do right now with the world economy. Yeah. And what's, what that has done as a result, which is also no secret for anybody out there, um, who's been, who's been keeping up with it or hearing from family members who are trying to buy their house or even have already sold their house is home values are skyrocketing. Appreciation right. is going absolutely nuts right as a result of this kind of constrained limited inventory um you know buyer feeding frenzy with limited homes relative to how also the economy as a whole has been going right right and well let's talk about that a little bit right now uh as of right now everybody who's listening and watching obviously we've got all the stuff going on overseas Right. Right. With, and there will always be stuff overseas. There's always going to be stuff that is out of our control. Right. But obviously does come back and affect us here locally, i.e. gas prices. Everybody right. who's listening right now knows you got to pay an arm, arm and a leg for gas. Right. Um, but at least the housing market sitting in a seller's market as it as it has been for you know the past couple years yeah and then the most recent update this podcast is going to get delivered a couple weeks after the news um but the most recent update from the fed uh who controls the uh the universal banking um they just announced that they're going to be increasing interest rates uh six times this year so uh just earlier this month we experienced a 0.25 uh increase uh, so, you know, we are going to continue to see that right now. Interest rates have jumped from, uh, the historical lows of, you know, the high twos and low threes right now, the average, you know, solid buyer I'm, I'm hearing is purchasing anywhere 
if you're a government loan in the high threes, low fours. And yeah. If you're a conventional or jumbo, you're going to be in the mid fours, even the high fours and low fives. Yeah. And obviously these, you know, interest heights, interest rate hikes that are going to be hitting us, you know, throughout the year. Uh, important, you know, the message we relay to buyers we're helping with or anybody, you know, thinking about getting into the housing market is don't let that stop you from at least starting to go and buy a home, right? right. Everybody, I'm sure, um, who's listening, if you're old enough, can remember when interest rates, I mean, we hear stories before we were even licensed in the business, interest rates being, you know, 12, 15, 17%, like that when where we are now yes we're not in high twos low threes but interest rates in the high threes low fours are still really really good yeah and keep in mind when i started in 2018 i remember that back then a good interest rate was like a five five and see now four years ago uh you know a 400k home was selling for 280 yeah now that is what it is. Yeah. Prices go up, but you know, we've had crazy inflation in the last few years and we could probably do a whole podcast just on the current state of our economy and market. But Cade and I, honestly, we're not, uh, we're not economists. Uh, we don't really pay attention that much outside of what we're seeing and how it affects our current topic. Yeah. So now that we've kind of set a premise for what's going on, some of you might be sitting there going, well, why does it matter how I list my house? If I list it anyway, I will sell for a good amount of money. Yeah. And the answer, in my opinion, is you're right. But we're going to talk about the way that we feel gets you the most money and from our experience has blown sellers away on what their homes sell for. Yeah. Starting with all the work that goes in before the listing actually yes. goes live and everybody's eyes get get seen, right? Yes. Um, I, it was funny. We were talking about this earlier. One point... In this, you know, kind of pre-listing checklist, pre-listing journey before going live is making sure the home is neat, tidy, Mm -hmm. clean. You had just posted an Instagram story a couple days ago. It was a million dollar house. (laughs) It was a picture in the living room with a street bike. Like a motorcycle. (laughs) A motorcycle. Kickstand and all just chilling right there in the living room. Now, million dollar house... I don't know. Correct me if I'm wrong. If I'm a million dollar buyer and I see this house pop up in Zillow and I'm scrolling through the pictures and I see a a motorbike sitting in the living room, that's going to kind of be a turnoff for me, man. I don't know. I haven't laughed out loud at a listing in a while, but that had me laughing. And um, it's, it's it's an over exaggeration of a great starting point to jump off on this journey. And that is... Just when you go to sell your house, you need to make it as universally attractive as possible. And so you might have done really cool customizations with your own decorations. You might have made a Star Wars themed room or things like that. And if you want to leave it, that's great. But our experience has been and our recommendation will continue to be to the best of your ability, try to make it universally kind of tidy. Right. So, you know, put maybe some of those interesting items you have in your living room. Try to get them off the property if possible. Or, you know, if you don't have access to a storage unit or, you know, something like that, throw them in the garage. You yeah. Know? Worst case, I, 
at least store stuff in the closet where in photos it's closed. Uh, most buyers aren't uh, prospective buyers shouldn't and won't be rummaging through all your stuff. They might open <laughs> right? a closet to see the yeah. size of it, but mm -hmm. they understand that you're moving, right? Yeah. So that's a great starting point. And you mentioned something that you kind of passed over, but buyers uh, look at tidiness and cleanliness. And to me, I've experienced that the smell of a home matters. And everybody kind of always wonders about like, does my home smell or anything like that? Anything you can do to tidy up the home is going to make it better. And then when you're cleaning, um, adding any kind of lightly scented air fresheners, um, this is a double-edged sword because if you add a very strong scented air freshener, they're going to think you're covering something up. But, yeah. you know, adding some kind of flair for the smell to make it smell welcoming and whatever, mm -hmm. that's been something that helps too. So, you know, like making sure you move all the stuff out that, you know, might be causing any smells. Uh, and then, again moving anything that's like overly cluttering yeah. you know you've had that chair in your living room that you put in there kind of just because you needed more seats to look at the tv when you go to list a house maybe we pull the chair out and you just have that really nice couch and you have your coffee table and your rug and that might look a little bit better when a buyer's looking at the photos to make the room look bigger nicer more welcoming oh absolutely and going back real quick to the smell thing at least what we do with all of our flips and the majority of people we know for flips is obviously the house is vacant new um buyers walking in you don't want them to smell like the wood dust and and construction smell that may still be there with all the brand new stuff that's in there so right. literally just throwing in a couple of the basic febreze plugins and a couple of the wall outlets and running those on low literally walking into uh, you know one of our flips that we've done most recently, I'm just thinking of Road 37 when we threw in those right. plugins. It smells inviting. It smells clean. It smells nice. Um, yeah, huge, huge. Being able to tailor, you know, smell, sight, you know, to be the most appealing you can to prospective buyers. To the most universal group of Absolutely. buyers. Absolutely. Right? Because, yes. you know, you don't know who's walking through your door. And I bet that that Star Wars themed room would be really cool for a certain buyer. <laughs> yeah. But our job is to get you the best price. And the best price always comes from the most people bidding on it. Right. Abs yep. Um, okay. Super easy. So first step was kind of declutter. Try to pull things out. If you're not sure what to declutter, feel free to ask one of us. Right. Hey, what should I move? A good agent is going to know, okay, this is important and this isn't. Right. So. Next step, this one was even easier. Um, have a handyman come in, or if you're handy yourself, you can do it yourself. Have a handyman come in and fix the things that would be noticeable on a showing. We wrote down a couple examples, but the most common one I tell everybody about is light bulbs. Mm -hmm. I don't know why, but everybody has a couple light bulbs out in their house. And I've noticed that the homes that change out the light bulbs to make sure that they're all working, they sell for a better price. I think it has to do with the feeling of the home has been maintained better. So that was one example. Uh, another would be door handles. Mm -hmm. um, if your door handle is shaky, wobbly, or whatever, you know, that's a little hard where it's fixed. I mean, you could change that in a short period of time, or a handyman can do it for 10 bucks. but making sure that that handle feels good uh, and doesn't rattle and isn't broken and it opens both ways you turn it, that kind of a thing, that adds value because it, when you're walking through a home, you're not looking at the bones of the home. Like you're not looking at the electrical and the plumbing and all that. Yeah. You're looking at 
what can I see while I'm walking through for 15 minutes? And that's kind of been something I tell all my clients to do. Hey, let's paint baseboards. Let's fix handles. Let's fix doorknobs. Let's fix uh, light bulbs. Let's get windows cleaned. Let's let's replace a screen. Things yeah. like that. Yeah. Anything outlandishly noticeable that if you yourself as a buyer were walking through the home would immediately, you know, catch your eye. Um, any, you know, hardware on cabinets, uh, stuff like that. Any loose, um, like covered things, you know, if a screw's loose and, oh, and the door's yeah, like cabinet door or something. <laughs> at like now a 45 degree angle. And it is so noticeable, like takes two seconds to push it up, drill in the screw. Good. Right. Right. Um, and stuff like that. Now we are not saying to go out and completely remodel your house. Now that's exaggerated. We're also not saying to go and, um, you know, paint your kitchen cupboards and, and do all this to make it more visual, visually appealing. That's not what we're saying. Anything small and noticeable. Uh, another one I can think of is if, you know, your kitchen sink is constantly dripping. Please fix that. It, tighten whatever you need to do. Handyman, tighten something. You do it. Something so that it's just not noticeable anymore. Right. And the key here is, again, the way that a buyer is buying is off of sight and smell. Right and emotion. Mm-hmm. If they walk in and it, they feel like you haven't taken care of the home, their offer is going to reflect that. Because if you can't take care of the little stuff, how can you take care of the big stuff? And you probably do take care of the big stuff. These are little things that everybody lives with. When you go to sell the home, fixing it is just a way of getting a better price. So uh, making sure that when you have your listing appointment, cover all that stuff with your agent, especially if you're sitting with one of us. Usually when we list a property, it's within the week. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's saying, hey, okay, these are some things I need to get fixed. Can you please send me some contractors to do these things? Uh, Kate or I, you know, we send our client the contractor. We say, let them know that we sent you. They'll come out right away, get that thing resolved. And then the next immediate step, you've cleaned the home out basically, right? So you've tried to declutter. You've put stuff away and you've tried to tidy things up yourself. Now you've gotten the handyman to come through and fix the problems that you couldn't fix or you fixed whatever you could. The next immediate step has a timeline. Now we're into that the pre-listing stuff. That stuff is before any time matters. Mm-hmm. This is when timing matters. The Wednesday before you list your home, you want to have a professional cleaner come through. And you want not like, hey, this is my house cleaner that comes on Tuesdays, right? This is like a professional cleaner who does a deep clean on your house. This should take between, depending on the size of your home, between two and four hours. And the idea is that all that grime and stuff that you don't normally get because, uh, you know, I'll get it next week. All of that gets cleaned. I don't know if you can hear a theme coming around, but it's always about how clean can we make the house feel. And conversely, or additionally, uh, Everybody likes the smell of a clean home. Yeah. And this timeline is important because you're doing this Wednesday mo- morning, late morning into early afternoon. Correct. The next important step is to have a professional photographer out there later on Wednesday, Wednesday evening. Right. Now, if you clean your house on Wednesday, you're not going to, especially if you live there, and you have the photographer coming out on a Friday, that's another two days of the house that, you know, families and life and and everything, you know, it's a very easy for the home to 
get dirty again. Right. So Wednesday is one of those days where we want the cleaners in, do their job, get everything done, and then you or I, your listing agent, will go and meet the photographer, be there with the photographer for the photos, video, whatever they're doing Wednesday evening. And this is key. If your agent does not get professional videos or photos in this market, I think it is time for you to reconsider who you're using because a professional photographer is not the most expensive thing on earth. And I know for a fact a professional photographer brings the seller more money because more people go look at professional photos because it makes the rooms feel bigger. It makes the rooms look nicer. It's crisper. They're able to get more details. Not only does it save the money or does it make the seller money, it saves them from the, the, buyer who wasn't going to buy their home anyways coming through and wasting a time slot because time is money right yeah so an important thing to note that a hundred percent in our opinion should be covered by your listing agent oh yes a hundred a thousand percent should be covered by your listing agent they should be paying coordinating and getting those photos slash videos done we we didn't talk about it either depending on your home twilight shots might be necessary and aerial shots might be necessary. If you're on land, aerial shots to show the layout of the land is very helpful. I don't want my client looking on Google Maps to figure out what this listing looks like. I want them to be able to see this is what it looked like today, right? Yeah. So that's interesting. And then also the twilight photos look really dramatic and gorgeous and they're they're attractive. When you have a house that you want to really, really, really push out there, some homes, they sell themselves in the daylight because they're just that, they're amazing. Mm Mm-hmm. Other homes, they might be amazing too, and they would do even better with that twilight added. And if timing permits, because there's only so many photographers who can shoot twilight, mm-hmm. and they fill up, right? Every night they have a shot. You know, if it works out, getting that would be really helpful. Yeah. And then last thing that happens is the sign goes up. Mm-hmm. So usually it's right after the photographer, like the very next morning. Um, for marketing purposes, you cannot have a sign in your photos, so you have to put it up after. So usually on that next morning, Thursday morning, bang, post hits the ground with the for sale sign and that starts drawing attention. People are going to start pulling up the, uh, you know, the Zillow's and Trulia's of the world and they're going to start looking and your home's going to be right there looking gorgeous with professional photos, clean as day. The landscapers have come through. We didn't talk about that, but obviously when you have your cleaners come through, making sure that somebody comes around to tidy up the yards as well. Freshly mowed lawn, (laughs) weeds are gone. No, it's blow. You know, the the sidewalks are blown for any, you know, grass or leaves or dirt. Mm -hmm. The exterior needs to look good. Um, But at that point, you're already bringing people in right on day one without having to do any marketing just from the sign being up there. Yeah. And depending on the turnover for the professional photos, that would put us Thursday morning sign goes up. And depending when those photos are back in hand from your agent and your agent's going to do everything on the back end to make sure your listing goes live and is blasted to the Zillow's and the Trulia's and all that going live either Thursday or a Friday and going live for those of you who don't know the term just means it being available to all the information being available to be available to be seen by buyers and agents, right? Officially listed. Your house is officially listed. Correct. And it's being marketed, right? And so you would be listing now Thursday or Friday. This is where it's important that we talk about the the strategy outside of what the seller is going to be doing. This is where 
we get the most pushback. Our experience has been this strategy alone. Find the comps for the property. Now, if you're a seller and you aren't sure what that means, it means finding all the comparable sales that have recently sold within a similar square footage range within six months. We get an idea of what where your home lines up. If it's the best, great, it's at the top. If it's in the middle, somewhere in the middle. If it's below market condition, you know, if it's, it's a, needs a little bit of work, we put it a little bit lower. And we kind of come up with an idea of like, this is where we think the house is worth. Keep in mind, nobody can actually tell you what your home is valued at because a home is valued at what a buyer is willing to pay. Mm-hmm. Then we list it for ten or 15000 less than we think it will sell for because it creates a feeding frenzy. Most listings already have it, but Kate, do you want to explain kind of the psychology behind listing it below market? Yeah. If you see this beautiful home, twilight photos, cleaned and tidy on the inside, great neighborhood that you're looking in, and you see it priced 10 to 15 grand under market value, you're looking in that and going as a buyer or as a buyer's agent uh, looking for your buyers going, oh, crap, this thing is awesome. And every single other buyer's agent who's looking in the area and every single other buyer who's looking in the area is going to think the exact same thing. And it creates exactly what you were saying, that feeding frenzy where everybody wants to go in and see it as soon as possible. Everybody wants you know, to go and see it, make an offer that like, it just creates this swarm of people who uh-huh. want to get into your home. And if you overprice it, kind of the opposite happens. I think even Turns in buyers off, right? Even in the strongest market ever, if you price your home, if you think your house is worth four fifty and you price it at four seventy five, there might be still some showings, but you're shooting yourself, you're, <clears throat> you're shooting yourself in the foot by not setting yourself up to have a lot of people go through and make offers. Cause they might come in and see it and think, eh, it was okay. Not my and, cup of tea. And, and now the, they're gone. Yeah. And the interesting thing is, you know, worth four fifty, you listed at four seventy five, you get this, you know, kind of sprinkle showings here and there. The interesting thing is if you listed it at a tad under four fifty. If you listed at four thirty five. There is a very, very good chance. Yet obviously depending on all these factors, right? But there is a very good chance that that feeding frenzy is gonna create your end price or your offers to be near that four seventy five range. Where even if it's not worth, even if it's not worth 475, but like we said, a house is worth what a buyer is willing to pay. So here's how, here's how this works. If you agree to this strategy, you go live on a Thursday or Friday. We list the home for 435, knowing this thing's worth 450 or expecting that it's worth likely 450. Mm -hmm. You put the agent puts in the MLS terms, uh, these are notes that only agents can see. They put all of the uh, desired terms that the, that you want, right? And they put showings to be Friday through Sunday, showing time only, whatever, right? So they're essentially saying showings are just going to be this weekend, presenting offers on Monday night. And then again, like I said, you run through the desired terms. If you want to rent back, if you want uh, appraisal contingencies removed, if you want no inspections done, if you want whatever, you just put that in there. We're not promising that you're going to get it as an agent, but we're telling the buyers this is what the seller wants in return for a good price. Now, what they don't realize is that the price is going to get bid up, mm-hmm. right? And 
we didn't talk about this. We skipped over it, but uh, any reports that you can get before the listing goes live, if you could do a home inspection report, a pest inspection report, um, provide any like solar lease or purchase agreements, um, yeah. all that information, we upload to the MLS because guess what? If you're priced right and your house is clean and a seller walks through and they say, I want it, that seller is going to sign off on those documents and say, well, at least I know what I'm buying right? They feel like they know what the worst case scenario is. And they do because you're providing that kind of worst case scenario information. But guess what? Now you don't have to worry about in escrow them beating you down. Exactly. And one last thing for you as a seller to have to worry about finding or scrambling to find, especially when escrows, um, you know, can be stressful or, right. you know, kind of sporadic. One last thing for you to worry about if you're, you know, going and finding the solar documents, for example, and getting them uploaded beforehand, those are going to need to be found and provided anyway. And disclosures. <laughs> and disclosed anyway, right? So just having all that up front uploaded, one less thing for you to worry about. And perfect point, like you said, a buyer who's really serious about the home knows what they're going into and knows what they're buying. If those reports are provided, signing off and being like, boom, I'm ready to go. Right. We totally blew over this, but the, the whole idea of getting these disclosures done ahead of time and reports done, a lot of people feel like, well, there's there's some issues with the house. I don't want to tell them that. I want to get the best price. I promise you a buyer who feels like you're being honest with them and telling them everything up front will pay you a better price than the buyer who's thinking, well, there could be stuff in there. So you list your home under market on a Thursday or Friday. You get all of these showings literally packed. I'm going to give an example. I listed a house. We knew it was worth about 440, 450 on the high end, um, but we expected 440. We listed the home for 430. We did this entire process and we listed on a Friday morning because our photos took a little longer to get back. We had over 50 showings throughout the weekend, and the final bid price was well over, well over our 450. We were. I can't see the exact number, but over 15,000 and almost over 20,000 over that for the winning bids. We had one person actually uh, get accepted as the buyer and one person in backup. Both offers removed all contingencies, meaning my sellers didn't have to worry about the buyer backing out because of any findings or backing out because the appraisal came in low and we got a rent back on both of them. So my sellers are able to stay in the home 10 days after the close of escrow to pack their stuff and move since they're buying another home. Yeah. And we glossed over this a little bit too, was going live Friday and why we we restrict the showings to Saturday and Sunday. Now, obviously you as a homeowner, if you're living in the home, it is strongly advised you, you should not be in the home while, while all these showings are happening. You should, if you're local and you live there, you know, go out, spend the day shopping, go visit with some go family friends, town. It's go a out busy of town weekend. for the weekend. Yeah, yeah. Because Saturday and Sunday, the majority of buyers are off of work. You're able to fit the most amount of feet, the most amount of people, the most amount of eyes get on your home between Saturday and Sunday. Like you had just mentioned, 50 showings across the board in one little weekend. However many offers above however many price. We had 16 offers. And that way, you get it done concisely. You get it done at the what we would say is the you know prime time of the week to get it listed and have your showings, right? Because yeah. let's compare it. If you list it on a Tuesday, and yeah, you know, your showings can be, you know, 
Tuesday or uh, Wednesday, Thursday during the day because my sellers are at work. You can't show in the evenings because, you know, they're going to be at home, um, you know, and we're going to review offers Friday. The number of showings you're going to get between Wednesday and Friday during the day when all your all <laughs> the A majority of, of other people are yeah. working as well and can only see in the evening your, your amount of activity. And I guarantee I can't guarantee but strongly advise that the number of showings offers and price you're going to get from that time frame is going to be starkly different if you yes. follow this thursday friday showings on the weekend review monday and here's where your agent matters so your agent manages making sure showings go off without a hitch mm -hmm. you're going to be out of town or you're going to be with family you're going to be out of the home right because after the cleaners come wednesday you're going to stay in your house wednesday night after the photos thursday day and then Friday day. All we ask is that when you go to leave Friday, clean up as best as you can. And then when you're gone, the house is going to stay clean. And then your agent's going to go and make sure that there's a super lockbox on there, meaning that only realtors can get into the home. No buyers can get in there without us knowing. Um, and then we have everything set up to schedule the showings. We usually do them in like 15, 20 minute increments max because we have too many people. And what happens is when you walk up and you see that there is somebody leaving and then when you leave, somebody's behind you, you get the feeling of, ooh, this is going to be competitive. We need to come in strong. I Every time, my, my first offer is always over asking. You know, in this market, with the current world economy the way it is, that's just how it goes. And even when it wasn't like this, we were still getting great offers on the first offer, you know, back before COVID. Now, here's where the agent, like I said, matters. This is my experience, and this could be a little bit um, personal. I don't know if this is everybody's belief. I don't believe in doing the highest and best counter. On the MLS, you put, I'm reviewing offers Monday. I always like to call through on Sunday night or Sunday day to all the agents who have written offers and any agent remaining that still needs to show, and I say, hey, just as a heads up, uh, my sellers have let me know that they're not going to be reviewing or they're not going to be sending out a counter. Please have your buyers review their offer and make any adjustments to be their highest and best offer. We will be accepting an offer tomorrow. All of a sudden, all those agents are going to start asking questions. And the agent who is representing you needs to be able to not get, disclose pertinent information that could discourage offers, but being able to say the things that matter truthfully and that will help raise offers. A lot of the time for me, an agent will ask me, well, what, what could we do to make our offer more competitive? And maybe their offer is price-wise competitive. And I say, well, your terms are a little bit below standard for some of the other offers that we're dealing with. Um, the sellers in the MLS mentioned that they do want a rent back. If you could give us a free rent back and provide an appraisal gap, those are things that would definitely help your offer, right? I'm not telling them what to do. I'm not telling them anything about the other offers. I'm just saying this is what my sellers wanted. You're not guaranteeing them that that would be the winning offer. You're, you you're, you're basically referring them to what you already stated in the MLS, right. which is seller needs. What can I do to make our offer more enticing? We Remove listed in the, <laughs> we stated in the MLS seller would like X, Y, Z. And then exactly. There's already things within the offer to make them more enticing regardless of the seller. Right. And this is where, again, the highest price matters in multiple ways. You can get the highest price from just having the highest price t purchase price. Mm -hmm. You can also get the highest price by negotiating the best closing cost split, the best, uh, you know, inspection and appraisal splits. Right. 
So these are all things that matter. And um, having an agent who knows what these terms mean and how they affect your seller's circumstance is very important. So if you're a seller who's looking to move because you're relocating and you need a fast closing, but you also want to get the best price, that's a totally different cir circumstance than the family that can wait as long as they want and who are willing to wait for the buyer who's paying the best, right? These are different things and figuring out here's what you need, here's what the offers provide. Agents can give a recommendation on what offer they feel is probably the best suited, but the seller picks what they want. So you can't promise any buyer anything, right? Exactly. Well, and you make a good point. It's your listing agent's job. It's our job to, you know, let's take this example of your 16 offers. It's our job to relay the price terms, to relay all of these offers in a concise and easy to view and understand way to the seller. Because at the end of the day, you as the seller, we, like you said, we can make a recommendation just like we can make a recommendation on pricing. Right. At the end of the day, it, it is your, the seller's decision to pick what you are most comfortable, pick the offer you are most comfortable with, pick the pricing strategy you are most comfortable with. And it is our job just to relay all of the information to you, make the recommendation, but it's up to you. And it's important for you to be able to see all of this stuff in a clear and concise way. Right. And then these are little things. At this point, you've gotten the offers that make you the highest price, but mm -hmm. these are little things that make the difference between the agents, right? Um, when we present our offers, especially in these big situations where there's too many offers, too many things to note, um, we make Excel sheets that essentially break down um, as all the important terms in an easy and readable way. And we cover what they mean, and then we provide a net sheet at the end that says this is what this offer would hypothetically net you depending on if they have contingencies, if they have appraisals, things like that. And then we also discuss about security because in our market right now there's a lot of fallout because of different reasons mm -hmm. we call through lenders to confirm with lenders we call through agents to confirm with agents when we provide the net sheet we talk about hey yeah this is more risky or this is more secure here's why you know this person removed their contingencies in order for them to cancel they lose their deposit at least you get that deposit and there's potentially um more action you could take if you were to approach a real estate attorney um hey, this offer is pretty risky. The buyer has not seen the home. The buyer uh, is pretty much maxed out on their loan price and the buyer doesn't have any funds to come up with a difference. Uh, you know, and you know they offered 500, but if the home appraises for 450, they can't pay 500. They can only pay 450. Whereas this offer offered 475. And if something were to come up with the appraisal, they have the cash to come up with the difference and they've agreed to do it. So yeah. This is where having the agent who, you know, guides you correctly, this is important because you wouldn't hire an agent um, if you already knew all this stuff and you didn't need help with any of it. And at the end of the day, you're the decision maker. So, you know, you've put in all this hard work to get the home cleaned up, to get it professionally cleaned, um, to stay out of the house for your weekend, to allow uh, us to do what we need to do to get you set up. Now all it is is getting to, you know, pick from, a series of offers and maybe you have five maybe you have 50 right and on monday night you're sitting down and we're talking about it you end up talking about which offer you feel the most comfortable with and then great news is you can sleep on it that night and decide something the next day yeah and at that point your escrow is open you don't have to worry about showings anymore you're not in the world of 2014 where you have people walking <clears> through <throat> your house all the time right yeah 
it's a pretty good life. Escrow's open. You as the seller also have the right to ask one of the other offers that you didn't accept if they would like to be in backup, backup position. position. Mm. Just like you said, because you know stuff happens in transactions just because an you as a seller accept an offer does not mean that that buyer is going to perform it does not mean that that transaction is going to get across the finish line so um as more comfort more security for you as a seller you have the right to ask maybe one of the other ones other offers that was super close but just didn't quite edge it out to be the winning offer hey would you like to be in backup position um we are accepting another offer but we would love to be love for you to be in the backup position just in case anything happens right no this is really honestly our strategy that we've used we use it on our personal listings any flip that we do we do it this way Mm -hmm. uh any listing i take i always recommend this strategy there's very few circumstances where this is not the best strategy um and honestly if you're thinking about how do i want to sell my home how do i price it these are all things we can walk you through personally um and if you have another realtor or somebody else, uh, ask them about their strategy and what they've experienced because who knows, you know, Kate and I are, we're realtors, we sell houses, but there's people out there who sell more homes and people who sell less. Yeah. Maybe they know something better than us and we'd love to hear, but this is what we've found really consistently crushes the market. Yeah. And like we said, that takes you from pre-listing to listing listing from an accepted offer as we know once you accept the offer escrow's opened uh we did talk a little bit about the escrow process uh a little bit specifically more from the buyer's point of view but escrow timeline pretty similar there but talking about how to most maximize the dollar you're gonna get from your home from selling it on the open market absolutely this is a great episode for anybody thinking about selling in the next 12 months. I don't think our market's going to change drastically um, to no longer be a seller's market. It might not be the way it is today, but hard for me to think with the housing shortage that we have that anything's going to change anytime soon. I think prices are going to continue to rise as interest rates rise and eventually we will hit some form of equilibrium. Um, but I think this this information and this strategy is going to remain pertinent for the, for the time being. Absolutely. And we're going to be keeping a sharp eye on the market as time goes by. Absolutely. And yeah. Like you were saying, um, you know, when there does come a point of equilibrium or maybe even a shift into a buyer's market, um, we'll be here to kind of relay what we're doing to shift what we're seeing other people, agents, um, what the industry is doing to help best serve you guys as the seller and you guys as the buyers. Absolutely. Well, Thank you guys for tuning in to, I believe this is episode 53. No. 54. 54, if not 55. We're, we're climbing up there. Yeah. <laughs> no, we're doing really well. And uh, if you guys have questions about the selling process or anything, feel free to shoot us a DM and we're going to be seeing you next week. Sounds good. Thanks, guys.